It's another episode of the Christian Reef podcast. But are you subscribed? If not, make sure to like, share and subscribe. Spread the word about the Christian Reef podcast and enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Christian Reef podcast. Today's guest is a returning guest. He's been on the show before. His name is David Somerfeck. He is a digital marketing specialist, uh, all-round marketing guy. He's the owner of DMS Blue. If you haven't seen the first episode that he was on i implore you to go check that out go listen to it it's a fascinating listen but i brought him back here today because i knew we had unfinished business <laughs> um, there's plenty of things i want to ask you about and uh, i mean i'm excited to see where this goes uh, first of all welcome back on the show how are you doing thank you again for having me christian i had fun talking to you before um and um you're actually you may you may be surprised to know this but you're probably one of the few. In fact, I know you're one of the few. I don't want to say you're the only one, but you're one of the few uh, podcasters who I have communicated with or followed online hmm. or been a guest on their podcast who actually promotes the podcast, does it repeatedly over time. Okay. And um, also will take the interview and cut it into little segments so you have more to promote, which is marketing, basically. In fact, it's quite basic. Yeah, that, so, that's that. Put the hat to you. Well, thank you. But that perplexes me. I mean, I got to say, like, a lot of these things, okay, I'm not going to sit here and say I did things perfectly straight off the bat, but like, yeah, so for instance, the, the, the uh, podcast started audio only, then I started doing video, then I started doing clips, right? right? So it's progressive. But like, I always kind of knew in the back of my mind that I should be doing it. It was just a kind of thing of, oh, I don't know. Is it really worth it? I don't know, blah, blah, blah. Then I realized you absolutely have to do it. But forgetting all that for a second, you absolutely have to at least promote it. I mean, how are people supposed to know about it or find it? Like, yeah. Even if you don't know how to splice it in different segments, which right. I get, or you may not have the time. True. That's like, If you have a weekly podcast and you don't have people helping you with it, where do you get the time to splice it into different segments? Unless you're really good at it, you don't have a life. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, let's get real. I've got clients. I've got a wife who, you know, I need to check on her. She wants to check on me. We want to go out and do things. So it's where the devil do I get you know, time to sit down and listen to a podcast interview and then splice it into segments if I'm doing it weekly. Yes. I do it bi-weekly or monthly, maybe. It's interesting that you raised that point because I've not actually spoken about this before. I think I've mentioned this to a couple of friends, but I haven't actually <laughs> spoken about it online. So basically, yeah. uh, as you may or may not know, I have a, a YouTube channel that's specifically for the podcast clips so for those listening if you want to go check those out you don't have time to listen to the whole podcast i get it we've all got you know well some people like to listen to full podcasts some don't some prefer clips i get it that's exactly what the clips channel is for it has everything from like one minute clips all the way up to like five seven minutes 20 minutes etc go subscribe christian read podcast clips anyway plug out the way so <laughs> this channel is interesting because when I started it, uh, I started doing exactly, you know, what I did with the main channel with everything else, you know, um, pre-scheduling everything, uh, pre-scheduling social media posts, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But I quickly found that I did not have the time to do all three channels, all the promotion for it, everything else. So my third channel, unfortunately, 
does not receive any promotion at all because I just don't have the time. And in the future, I, I'm sure I'll be able to build a team and, and, and have that ability to do that. But at the same time, um, you know, I, I do what I can. Do you know what I mean? Like I make sure all the SEO behind the scenes for the YouTube uh, clips is as good as it can possibly be. And also, interestingly, I've been experimenting with this uh, new YouTube shorts thing that I've mentioned quite a few times on the YouTube channel. So mm. I apologize for uh, repeating that on the podcast here. But um, it worked perfectly for the podcast as well, um, probably more so even than the, uh, than the second channel um you know these little snippets of podcasts it's it's amazing like how much you can get from every single podcast even if it's just 30 seconds or a oh, minute yeah. of, of of stuff you know like people go wild for that uh, and i've been posting it everywhere you know like tiktok instagram and uh, youtube and uh i'd like to think it is driving a bit more attention there certainly when i did it you'll find this interesting actually the uh the third channel jumped from somewhere in the region of like 19 or 18 initial subscribers when I announced it all the way up to uh, 45 at the moment. So it's shot. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. That's organic growth and it's a good place to start. You know, I have a YouTube channel too, but I do it more for fun. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if people watch it, great. If they don't watch it, I'm not going to lose any sleep, but I'm coming at it from a very different perspective of, where I was five, 10 years ago, where I literally didn't have time to even think about YouTube because okay. if you're not a, a paying client, I wouldn't talk to you. You know, it was, it was, I mean, it was all about enrolling new clients. We're, we're screening them, enrolling them, working with them, you know, 24 seven. So I didn't have time for anything like that. If I'm writing a blog post, it's got to be very methodically, you know, thought out. But mm-hmm. anyway, let me let you get to your questions. I don't want to uh, digress like crazy as I might have done before. No, 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 no. Um, on the contrary, I, I feel like uh, if anything, um, I'd, I'd implore you to do that more. <laughs> okay. I mean, if you can keep me in line, if you can keep me in line and you can guide the conversation, I'll digress all over the place. I gotta say, my like, I, I don't want to. Actually, sounds like, sounds awkward, doesn't it? I digress all over the place. Sounds uh, very rude, actually. But um, you know, depends. go right ahead. Go right ahead, please. I think it depends. I mean, every guest I've had on the show, I I always make it my mission to to let them speak as long as as long as they can. I think that um, one of the things that I do because I look up to many different podcasters. I mean. You know, it's, it's it's great to have a conversation. I think you want to have that kind of back and forth as much as you possibly can. Uh, but sometimes, you know, people, you know, if you bring a certain guest on the show uh, as a listener, you want to hear that person. Like, not everyone wants to sit and hear me talk, for instance. You know, I'll talk because it's my show when I want to, and if I particularly want to say something to that guest, I will say that. But at the same time, you know, I'm not under any illusions. I know that you know every time a new guest is here that's the main attraction. You've got to treat it like it's uh, I don't know, like a wrestling event or something, you know, you, you, you feature well, that person prominently. I, I think I agree with you in, insofar as the heart of what you're saying. I think intelligent conversation is really the key point. You know, uh, before we started, I was saying, you know, I had two podcasts and, right. yeah, yeah. you know, I had some people on whose agenda I didn't want to promote. Um, I had Why is people that? on. Like what um, reason? 
I had one or two people on who I knew where they had views that I could not in good conscience endorse. And uh, so now I'm more methodical, uh, I'm more deliberate, I should say, in screening people. Okay, but and let's, let's explore saying that this is what I will do, what I won't do. Mm -hmm. If you think that COVID is a conspiracy against your, your icon, I don't really want to give that credibility. I don't okay. want to talk to you because we're not going to have anything in common. Right? And you may feel that way, but we're interviewing to talk about business growth or business marketing, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But you know that the person may feel that way. Sorry, we're not a love connection, as they say. But do you not think it's worth uh, I think it could be hurtful. But do you not think it's worth interviewing people who, you know, you have opposing views with? I mean, maybe you can learn something. Maybe your audience can learn something. I mean, it, yeah. It depends. Okay. Well, no, I agree with you. Like, obviously, if they've got like a really <laughs> extreme kind of agenda or something, like like right. what you just laid out. Yeah, fair enough. But like, let's say, uh, I don't know. Um, well, let, let's take marketing, for example. So let's say they've got a completely different uh, ethos. Let's say that... Um, yeah, because over the over the years, I've worked in various different companies um, where they they ha mostly have marketing and sales separate, but some of them have it together, right? So, like, let's say you're you know marketing focus. You're like, it's got to be creative. It's got to be like this. You know, we're focusing on the analytics, blah blah blah. And then you have got a sales guy uh, that wants to be on the show, but he's like, nonsense. Marketing. That's like you know. That's like. 2% of the equation, it's all sales. You've got to pump all the hours into uh, the calls and the outreach and all that. Like, would you have someone on that show who's got like a totally different approach and is essentially saying, well, you're wrong? <laughs> I would, but only uh, if they could represent their views in an intelligent, articulate way and they were okay. open to doing it. If their goal is to come on and just push an infomercial uh, of their of their views, which does happen, as you well know. Yeah. So if, if the person just wants to promote a book or or, or some mm. cockamamie course or something promoting their view, that's not what I want to do. I don't need it. I agree. I, 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 I you know I don't need it. I you know look I got plenty of food to eat. The house is paid for. I got the wife. I got the little bunny rabbit. I got plenty of books to read. I don't need it. Do you know, I kind of, I kind of agree with you too. What's important to me, but go ahead. No, no, I, t I totally agree with you. Um, I remember the first time a business owner reached out to me to, uh, to do a podcast. I was, I was apprehensive because of that exact reason. I was like, well, I, I don't want this to just be like some big promotion. Like, you know, it's my podcast. I want to have discussions. I want to have interesting conversations. Like no one's going to find it interesting if you just sit for an hour and listen to someone talk about their business. However, it depends how they talk about the business. Like, obviously I'll ask the certain questions like, you know, what's the payments plans like? Or, you know, how do you work with your customer? Yeah, because I know that, that they want to get that across, right? You know, I work in marketing. I know <laughs> the right questions to ask. But at the same time, I want to get to know them. I want to kind of paint a picture about them. And I think if anything, that's better advertising for them. So to give you- Oh, an of course, of course. Like I had someone uh, who the first person that I had on the show was actually from Manchester. And I was like, great local business uh, startup. I mean, it ticked all the boxes as far as like, you know, I'm concerned. And that's not to say I wouldn't right. interview someone from a major corporation, but like I'm more into that idea of 
supporting growing businesses i that kind of makes more sense in my mind for a podcast like this you know what uh, first of all i have two points one is a digression the other one i want to get back to about the bad experience thing without harping on it too long but it's more about a, a bad fit example okay um you know what i've always wanted to do and um i would love and I'm just saying this as an aside, I've always wanted to be a co-host for a podcast where you actually helped people who were struggling business owners. Hmm. Because I, I did that one-on-one -on -one when I first started podcasting, but my episodes were like two, two and a half hours long. <laughs> yeah. and, and what hurt me just as a human being, just as a man, what hurt me and bothered me was after you're helping them and you're telling them what they should do and could do very realistically, two hours go by, I would check their sites a month or two later. They hadn't done anything. They would, I'd ask them, how are things going? Oh, you helped me so much. You're so, I love this experience. Okay. But they didn't do it. But were you suggesting? That's on. the key. Could they do it? Yeah, but that, that's kind of what I'm saying. What I was going to ask. That's why it may not work. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like your suggestions would involve, uh, you know, major changes as far as like things they would have to do with their budget. Maybe it's something they can't afford. Like they want to, but they just can't afford to. I don't know. Or, or don't, or, or they don't know how to do it technically, which is most likely the case. That too. You yeah. know, it's, 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 it's overwhelming, but I, um, I'd love to do that. I don't know if it would work in, in real life. Oh, you'd it would. To, Absolutely. You'd have, to, you'd have to paint with a very broad brush. I mean, okay, essentially what you're saying is you'd want to do like co-hosting on a business consultancy podcast. And look, business consultancy is a massive industry. It's, you know, it's, I think if people could get access to that for free, fantastic. I mean, although if I was going to do it, I would do it... Um, in this style so i would have like a free version of the podcast which is a lot shorter and then right. extended version via a patreon or something like that and then make money through that like you still where, gotta... we, dig, where we dig in more deeply yeah. into prescribing specifics yeah so if you're hey if you're game let me know me uh, <laughs> i don't know what i could really offer <laughs> well you have a marketing background and, uh, you know, so it might be something you'd enjoy doing if there's somebody listening and they think that they're, you know, that uh, Christian is just not your cup of tea and they want to go to go to bat. But anyway, it's just an idea. Um, but I'll tell you to go back to the point of, you know, as far as an appropriate fit mm -hmm. or not an appropriate fit of marketing of overdoing it. There was one person, because I like to be a podcast guest. It yep. takes the onus off of me. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't have to work from an outline. I answer questions and try to provide value to listeners. That's my goal. And to be as authentic and as honest as I can, uh, regardless. And um, there was a, a podcast that um, I said, oh, I'd like to be a guest on that. If you're a business podcast or you seem like a nice person, I'm down and you can work with my schedule. So um, at least for now, anyway, when I get to a hundred, I may stop. But so anyway, um, sh we, we had talked, you know, hey, I'd be interested in being on your podcast. 
So this person emailed me back and said, well, first you have to go to my Facebook group and join my Facebook group. Then you have to also uh, join my LinkedIn group and like me on Facebook and, and, and do that. Screw that. And, and, and then if you want to put an ad on my podcast, and you should, subtle innuendo follows. Um, and I just thought, that you is know audacious. What? And I think the person <laughs> wanted, I, I don't remember 100%, but I think the person also wanted me to pay to be on the podcast, which oh, I just God. flat out am not going to do. Even if you're Joe <laughs> Rogan, you're not going to do it. It's, it's, funny, it's funny you say that. Like, okay, first of all, yeah, never. Pay. I just deleted everything never pay either way. Like I remember I reached out to a, a celebrity wrestler one time uh, to have him, cause I'm a big wrestling fan. And uh, I said, I, I wanted to have this guy on my show and he, he emailed me back, but he was like, yeah, it's going to be like a hundred dollars. And I was like, I mean, first of all, I just can't afford that. And secondly, when I started to sit down and think about that, I was like, I started reaching out to other people that did podcasts and I was like, is this normal? And they're like, hell no. And I'm like, yeah, no, it isn't. Is it? You shouldn't have to pay someone because it's a two way thing. It's, it's like yeah. they're promoting themselves and you're gaining from them being on the show. You know, it's like I, I reached out to, a, to another celebrity recently and uh, I'm currently in the process of, of working that out with her mm -hmm. scheduling thing. And I said to her, like, hey, listen, I know this won't do like anything for you, but like, I think I could, you know, I believe in my interviewability. I think we could, we could do something good here and it would be good. Sure. And she straight up said, like, I do not like, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but basically like that's of no concern to her. Like if, uh, if I'm known or not, or like, you know, that doesn't matter. It's about what we're doing. And I, I instantly knew like, okay, this is definitely the sort of person I should have on the show. And this is just how people should think in general. Like, you know. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I would say if there's one wrestler who I would, I would love to interview, or I would say in the past, because he's deceased now. Uh, I would love to interview Roddy Piper. Ooh, that's a good shout, yeah. But it would only be with the caveat that I can ask whatever I want that is that is public. Well, not even, oh, public, okay. not even public knowledge, but I get to ask whatever I want to help in a more thorough understanding of your life and career. Mm. that's it if you don't agree with that then no i yeah I, I, great but, talker but um very flamboyant but lots of uh extremely rough childhood yeah just a, a guy all over the place so i'd love i would have loved to have been able to interview him and even if he were alive today i don't think he would talk to me because i'm not joe rogan I think it depends, you know, I mean, cause I get told a lot of the time that there's a lot of wrestlers out there that would be willing to go on a podcast who are like legitimate, like full on stars. And I often wonder if I should reach out and not just wrestlers, but celebrities in general. But I always think about like, how can I make this entertaining? I mean, like you said, right then, obviously there's a lot of information Like you're relying on public knowledge. You know, one of the first things I did when I was, uh doing my research for these these guests that i'm trying to court right now was you know i looked on their wikipedias and then i fact checked that on their websites and then you know you have to do like a lot of digging and searching to find all this interesting stuff and eventually you do find something but you're still relying on that public knowledge like so to a certain extent you need to kind of focus on okay what kind of questions can i ask this person that aren't 
things they've probably been asked a, a thousand times before or, right. or whatever, you know, or maybe like a different but, angle on a question or something. But as far as selling the value to them, why they should do it, you know, the thing to remember is that money aside, and I mean, some of these people may be struggling, True. you know, they may be struggling in a very bad way. Mm-hmm. So maybe a hundred dollars could be a big deal for them at that point. I don't know. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of these guys are not active in podcasting. They're not active online. They haven't been visible in a long time. True. So, you know, what has so-and-so been up to lately could just give them some value or just let them vent. So there could be an emotional value to them. Um, and also at the end of the day, it's one more thing to build, to put on YouTube. See, here's the thing. Here's the reason why, and even if this show becomes like a big deal, like let's say one day I I become a big success, the next Joe Rogan or the first, well, the first Christian Reeve, I don't know, whatever. Let's say that happens, right? I'm still never going to accept that I have to pay a guest to be on the show. Like, no, if you don't want to be on the show, that's up to you. I'm never going to pay a guest to be on the show. And here's why. As far as it is, is it's concerned to what the medium of podcasting is like this this is nothing do you know what i mean this is an hour mm-hmm. or two hours at most of someone's life right, right? i do tons of work for this and I, yeah. this isn't this isn't me going like oh hey you know please uh uh feel bad for me i do so much no no no, no. i'm just saying that like out of the two of us in the situation i'm the one doing all the work right not just before oh yeah with the research, but also during the process of the podcast, I'm not absolutely. It's like a not. It's not normal conversation. I'm not sitting there thinking like laid back and like chilled. I'm. I'm. I have to be in the zone. I have to be focused on everything you're saying and think like. Right. Should I ask him this? Should I ask him this? Yeah. Where should I go? I need to bring it back. I need to move it forward. Like there's so many things you got to do, and people people like Joe Rogan make it look easy. But do you know what? Like, it's he has not a team. easy. He has a team that, but also like when, if you watch him, what he's doing, I mean, there's, there's, you know, I watched a video before he came on today by a, a YouTube channel called, I think it's uh, charisma on command. Uh, it's a great channel. It's like teaches mm-hmm. you all sorts of things about, well, yeah, how to have good charisma, how to, how to uh, command your charisma and have good charisma. social skills Wake and stuff. Yeah. And they did, they did one on, um, on Joe Rogan with the mirror technique and several other things that he does. And I was just sitting there fascinated because some of the stuff I do already, but some of it, uh, you know, I'm not sort of conscious of, I'm like, Oh, that would be a good thing to do. And, and then you watch the clips of him actually doing it and it's very subtle, but it changes the complexion of, of the discussion. You know what I mean? No. Yes, I do. And my question about that would be, did he start off? doing that or did he learn as he went along i think he learned because he admits himself like the first two to three hundred episodes of the podcast were, were not good or not up to his they standard. Were rank. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean i don't know i mean i think everyone is isn't bad when they start do you know what i mean like i did, i very briefly did a podcast before the christian Reef podcast called the tcj podcast and it was uh, me and a couple of friends doing it and I think we did good. I, you know, I think we we could have gone a lot further with it, but it was a good kind of first outing for me, and it taught me a few things. But when I started doing this podcast, uh, it was completely different. You know, I had to come in with a bunch of research. I had to kind of, 
Um, think of a format as well, to some extent. And over time, it's grown. So if you listen to the first couple of episodes, first 10, first 20, you can hear it progressing. You can hear that I'm slowly building something, but there's no kind of uh, real confidence there yet. It took me a while. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, when I interviewed people for my two previous podcasts, um, I would look them up on LinkedIn. I'd right. look at their company websites. I would write out a bullet list of either questions or topics I wanted to discuss. In some cases, they didn't have a website or they don't mm -hmm. have a LinkedIn page or they told you they have a website and then you go to it and there's nothing there. I've had that happen several times. Uh, wow. So it's like, I don't know what I'm going to come up with. So I've had to learn to first go here, fill out this form. If I don't like what you answer, I delete. <laughs> if you don't give me something to chew on, I'm just going to delete it. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, but yeah, I, I think you, I think you have to be realistic with yourself. You know, people look at Joe Rogan and they think that their podcasts are going to be like that. And the reality is that Joe Rogan was what? Um, a, a, a sitcom like a B-list sitcom guy, he would be like so-and-so's friend or something, you know, on the sitcom or the guy who gets killed or whatever, you know, and then- <laughs> How are you, you, you going to do Joe Rogan dirty like that, man? <laughs> well, he, I mean, if he's honest, he'll admit that this is the case. Nah, you're, you're right, you're right. I mean, you know, we're not talking Anthony Hopkins or something. He was on a, <laughs> you know, he's, and, and he ain't no Bill Burr. So, I mean, he, he would go and be on some sitcoms and I'm sure he would admit this. He would be, he was on a couple of sitcoms or whatever that didn't last very long. Then he was an MMA fighter. And while he's certainly much better than me, I mean, there's no comparison. I mean, I'm, uh, he would send me in the next week or something. I'm not a, I'm not like that, you know. Um, but he wasn't at the top of the list. He was no Conor McGregor. Uh, you know, he was a stand-up comedian, but never at Bill Burr's level or, you know, someone like Robin Williams or something, you know, who was brilliant. So when he started his podcasting, he already had that infrastructure in place. He already had all these connections from the MMA world, from all these people from sitcoms. And he knew yeah, these you see, people, you know. You see, when he started it, though, like, I, I know where you're going with this. And, and to some yeah. extent, I'd agree. But at the same time, like... There's a reason those first two, 300 episodes are not particularly great. And the reason for that is that, first of all, he hadn't built that structure that he has now, the former. Right. And he right. was just interviewing and having people on the show who were in his friend network, which a lot of people do. Some people make it work, but I don't necessarily think it was working exactly the way he wanted it to. And yeah, if that's, if that's all you talk to are your friends. And here's the thing, like, I think with all of us in life, like we have a lot of different things that we're into that we're talented at, but when it comes to work and what you do for a living, there's going to be some things you excel at more than others. Like, okay, if you take me, I do a lot of different things. Right. And I, you know, I'm <clears throat> under no illusion. I feel like anything that I do, that's just pure talking based discussion based, you know, the live streams, the podcast or the, the videos that I do where I talk about a particular topic or something. Right. To me, that seems like what I'm best at, right? Right. Some people might say, oh, you're a really good actor. You're a really good musician. Do you know what? I'm not. I'm, I'm okay. I can see myself getting better. 
But when I look at those things and then I look at other musicians, actors doing the same thing, I'm really not that good. You know, I think I improve. I see the improvement. I'm objective about it. I'm realistic about it. But when I look at this, what I'm doing right now, I can see quick progression. I can see how it's developed over time. I can feel that it's changed and it's gotten better. And do you know what? The comments about it are getting more and more and more positive, which motivates me further. Now, bringing it back to Joe Rogan, I think it's the exact same thing with him. Like, you know, once he realized, hey, if I just make this one tweak, if I just have these guests on the show, mix it up a bit, you know, try something different. Once he realized and it, and it clicked in his mind and it started working, he just ran with it. And that's why, like, you're right. It was progressive. It took him time to sort of do it over, you know, it's not like it happened overnight, but I think he realized in of himself, this, I've got, I've got something here. This is working. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, if you uh, throw that back to his MMA uh, commentary that he now does when he first did that he was not good at it he was not prepared for it but now yeah. he's really good at it and i think that comes actually from his work on the podcast he was able to return back to that and be a good commentator because of what he's learned in podcasting yeah no and i think it's just important for people <laughs> excuse me to realize that, you know you get out what you put in mm-hmm. and you know everybody wants you know the the burger king life you know, you want it your way, you want it immediately and everything should be $5 or something. And it just doesn't work that way. No, Life doesn't work that way. And certainly business doesn't. You get out what you put in, in, in every aspect. So hit me with some tough questions, Christian. <laughs> you're eager, you're eager. Actually, I want to say one last thing, just tying up that point, what you just said there, the sort of having it your sure. way thing. I got to say, I always look at life a lot like... Um, like that famous uh, Bruce Lee quote, you know, you've got to, you've got to, you can't, res- you can't resist water. You've got to, you know, be water. You've got to go with the, the flow, so to speak. And I feel that that's right. the case with everything, with all of these different things that we're doing in our lives. Like once you start adapting to the situation and kind of just taking it on board, learning, you know, yeah, you feel uncomfortable, but you, once you adapt to it, things just start moving like rapidly accelerating when you start doing that. Yeah, I think the more, yeah, I think there's more depth to that quote and that approach. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, you know, jump and grow wings on the way down. Well, you can do that, but if you hit the ground, it's going to hurt really bad. So, you know, I, I think um, the more you can be in tune with who you are as a person, with a business, if that's what you're trying to do, I think the more sincere, the more authentic, the more honest you can be with yourself and with others. And, you know, really look at yourself in the mirror and be clear about who you are, why you're doing what you're doing, what your goals are, the more results you'll get. Mm. You know, most people don't want to talk about failure. Um, but I think with, and whether it's in a relationship or in a business, but I think the more brutally honest you can be about owning your failure, the easier it's going to be for you to be able to stop whatever um, attracted that mm-hmm. to make sure that that BS stops so that you can have a profitable business or a happy personal life. If you have trouble with dating, you know, if you change your approach, 
and can be really honest about why things didn't work out. That's very true. Yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think I think it's very important that you, you learn that kind of ability to be objective. You know, it's very easy to to blame other people, to blame the situation. Oh, well, you know, I just didn't have all the things that I needed right then. I didn't know what I knew then or know now or, you know, whatever. It's like, you got to be honest. You go, you know what? I was, I was wrong. I thought one way and I was wrong. wrong or I didn't take the risk. And that's why this happened. Or yeah, you know, I wasn't there for that person and that's why we're not together anymore or whatever, you know? Yeah, totally. Agree. Right. You, 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 yeah. You could say that you were, less mature True. that you didn't you didn't have the insight that mm. you that you do today that maybe you see more complexity and more detail in situations and in people than you did at a younger age because now you've read more you've met more people you've lived more so that there's more depth now depth now but the more you understand but also the more brutally honest you can be with yourself the easier life becomes. So, I, yeah, I, I, keep, I keep finding myself just agreeing with you perpetually, so I do apologize. But how yeah. can you not? How yeah. can you not? <laughs> I mean, what do I say? The reason. And, and, I mean, how, how could you disagree? I mean, what am I going to say that you don't agree with? Mm. The, sky, the sky is purple or something. I mean, come on. I'm not going to say something that you're going to disagree with. But even if you did, it would be okay. I would challenge you. I would challenge you. Yeah. Not Ask that. me something and, and have me answer and let's see if you disagree. I'll be very surprised because it's going to be either true or it's going to be, you know, heartfelt from my mm. perspective. That makes life so much easier when you just stop the song and dance. Oh, yeah. I Again. Shave your head. <laughs> I really agree. Well, I'm not going to do that, but <laughs> I really agree. You know, but, but, you know, you learn. You learn. You learn very quickly. I remember when I shaved my head, I was terrified you know, I did the comb over like Donald Trump and everything. I did that for like maybe two years. Can I just ask? Yeah. Why do maybe that? Two years. Why not maybe. just embrace it like, straight away? Like, why do men was, do that? I don't understand. I was terrified of how, um, you know, I would look bald. I didn't know. Yeah, but it's cool now. I mean, Bruce Willis kind of made it perpetually cool. So it's like, go for it. He was a, a, fun, he was a fun guy. I don't, I, I don't know what happened to him. Just uh, too many god awful movies. But um, <laughs> oh, Jesus! But I mean, just some really awful movies. I mean, you're not Don pulling Wish, any punches today, are you? Just got to come on. <laughs> I mean, Die Hard was a masterpiece. You can't top Die Hard, but you can only rehash it and repeat it so many times. I think that series died hard. Yeah, just like Beverly Hills Cop. The first one was brilliant. The second one, not so right. much. The, the third one was like a Pepsi commercial. Uh, third, third one did not need to happen, but I, I, I don't know. I think the second was, no. was still really good. Okay, I'd have to watch it again. But, um, you know, my point was, yeah, when I was honest about, you know, f what, what am I afraid of? Yeah. I mean, come on. You know, it's like my wife said, look, you're a good person. You know, whether you have hair or not, you know, it doesn't really matter. You're still going to be, you know, attractive to me. Yeah. Um, you know, so just do it so you don't have this stress hanging over you. You don't want to have that that uh, furry halo around your head. So just go do it. And at the time, I was nervous, and I was doing a couple. I went. I just went to a barber shop and just said, "Just get it off." Just How old off. were you when when you chose to do this? 
It was at least 20 years ago. So, so how old would you? Well, be? no, no, that's not true. Um, if maybe 15 years ago. Okay. So, um, in my, I don't want to date myself, but what the hell? <laughs> okay. Um, uh, well, ballpark uh, in, in but, your mid twenties, something like that. A little bit older than that. Okay. All right. So, so you 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 did have quite a bit of time then with hair. Then it's not like it's like I don't oh, know. No. Because there's some people, there's some people that start going like they get they get receding hairline in like I don't know nineteen or something, and it's like really scary. Do you know what I mean? It's so I understand. I can. I can yeah. No, I always. Yeah, I started having a little thin patch when I was like in college. I see. Okay. And yeah, yeah. Uh, so it wasn't you know a total surprise and everything. So you know, but um, facing that you know, and just say, Hey, look, I'm the same person one way or the other. If, it's not like people are going to stop you in the street and could be like, Oh my God, like you have horns or something or antenna shooting out of your cranium. It, yeah. It's, 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 it's funny. Like most of the guys that I've seen who, ha- who are bald, they always look really good. Like they always have the right head shape for it. And then I look at these guys, like the thing that bothers me is this haircut that a lot of men in that boomer generation tend to have where it's like, so they'd be like in their sixties or something. Right. And they'll have like, hair all here but then it's completely bald here and i'm like just shave it just shave it yeah the halo the halo yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's what i call it I, I don't get that i don't get the doc that. yeah the dr phil lock i think yeah. That's what you, yeah yeah i mean i think the thing is with those men of that generation that look is okay that's cool. yeah yeah I, I guess it i guess it's or it's authoritative i don't know but yeah <laughs> i don't you know i don't think that really demands power i don't take anyone more serious if anything i take them less seriously because i'm like shave that like please <laughs> i can't take yeah. you <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah i i just but i i think you know when you face your fears and you're honest about why you have it it makes you kind of bulletproof to it happening again. That's true. That's true. That's that. That's kind of what I was trying to get at. So, what else you got for me? I know I'm digressing a little too much. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I've. Uh, I should. I should have asked a question already. Let's uh, get your thoughts. On, oh no, it's um... all right. <laughs> no, I've just been enjoying the conversation, if I'm honest. But yeah, no. Um, I'd I like to know. I appreciate it. You know, you're always a fun guy to talk to. Thank you, sir. What are your thoughts on companies that use informal language on social media? So I've got a couple of examples here, like McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's is quite famous for it. Mm. Now, they are very successful with this. But I guess what I'm asking you really is, do you think it hurts their image? Because what they'll often do is they'll have someone or a couple of people that are in charge of it. And they, you know, they just go. They always do. Right. And here's the thing. A couple of times it's got them in uh, trouble. Like not, yes. not all the time, but sometimes they'll say something like there was there was something recently where yes. he did that. I can't remember the exact. Interview. I think it was National Women's Day. Was that it? That's it. That's the one. Yeah. A you, woman's you place is in the kitchen. Not that funny. Yeah. Not funny. See, Thank see, God they didn't his... do something about Black History Month. <laughs> see, the, here's an interesting thing about that, though. Um, do, do you remember the company that did it, actually? Can you... I think it was Burger King. I don't remember exactly. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was Burger King. I'll, I'll have to double check that afterwards, actually. But anyway, um, so 
I looked at that two ways. My marketing mind said, yes. this is clever. Now, bear with me, okay? I, I don't disagree that it's awful, but here's the thing. What they did is they got everyone's attention with that. And then when they dropped down to the comment threads, that's where they put the second part of the comment um, where they redeemed it, right? But everyone was still fixated on that first thing. It was like, okay, we see what you did there, but it's still dodgy placement on National Women's Day. It's not a good look for you. So part of me was like, they got everyone's attention. Then the other I, side of me was, uh, but you know, not everyone is going to see that second part. And it almost feels like, it, it, yeah, like if anything, I would have done it in the same tweet. I feel like if you're, if you're just looking at like how to kind of do it in a, in a, in a playful way because that's what they wanted to do they wanted to be playful uh and it backfired and it got them in hot water okay my thoughts about the whole burger king uh attempted advertising attempted well it's advertising it's an attempted advertising uh <laughs> so yeah. you're not a fan you're not a fan at all i'm a i'm <laughs> a huge i'm a huge junk food fan okay so and I, I mean, I love uh, freaking uh, bacon, egg, and cheese croissants. Are you kidding? Uh, how they, how good they are for you is another story. But um, I, I think they've done some really good, smart marketing things. Mm. But I think that was an example of not really thinking it through. And this is what happens when people talk about inclusivity and the importance of diversity. Okay. This is what happens when you have a marketing company and I'm not casting aspersions at the individual marketing company because I don't know them. I don't know who they are mm. and I don't know if what I'm saying is applicable to them. So let me say that first in all fairness, but I mean, really, this is something that should have been more carefully vetted in my view uh, that really could have, for all I know, it could have hurt them financially. For all I know, I don't know if it did. Nah, no, no um, If anything, like they probably well, had more sales. To be honest, that's how these things work. <laughs> I mean, there could be a lot of people who were saying, you know, look, I was going to go to Burger King and I don't want to do it. Yeah, um, but like, it, it's not going to go there anymore. Do, do you know what? Like, I, I said this to another guest on the show before. Like, I remember when Primark got done for all that stuff uh with uh, unethical um work practices in india and bangladesh and stuff right and uh, their sales actually went up i, th I think like 50 percent, or maybe even more than that when that whole thing happened yeah so it doesn't it doesn't always come out that way though no 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 sure no i mean obviously there are instances when people yeah like the the business just loses a ton of ton of money like yeah. it does happen but i i feel like with really well established brands particularly that of like burger king or something like a lot of people know that that's one person operating that um channel and it doesn't represent the views of the company i mean you know what i mean like it's well they're saying it does though because it's got their brand name on it so whoever whatever agency is in charge of that social media channel, which is what it would be. It would be a, a marketing agency or ad agency in Ooh, charge well, of see, that see, channel. See, that's perfect though, because if it's an agency uh, in, uh, being paid by Burger King, then first of all, the agency it is at fault. It's the agency that's at fault then. And also they would get fired for that, I'd imagine. 
stuff up. It, dep it depends if they lost a lot of money or if they saw their profits go up as a, as a result, if they had increased hatred. Please make more controversial tweets. This is great business. <laughs> Controversy creates it's cash in, yeah. in, in some instances, not always. So if you go courting controversy, um, it's going to blow up in your face is what happened to Donald Trump. Now he's no longer in office. So he's got a slew of... Yeah, but he don't care. Business-wise, he's probably set himself up for and his family for years. I mean, I fully well, we'll believe see. that whole presidency was not... He did not care, I don't think, about being president. I think he cared about what it would do for his business interests and his connections. Oh, well, you know, that's very, very clear to anyone who follows the money trail if you just mm. whether you're republican or democrat whether you think he's the messiah or a lunatic um if you he's a businessman he always has it, been always will be well in my opinion in my view he portrays one or portrays <laughs> one. Um, he portrays a businessman right i mean a man declared bankruptcy at least six or seven times he's also made so, a lot of money as well though like i i'm not he would have made the New York Times, I think it was, actually did a study with forensic accounting and found that if he had just taken the money that his father gave him and just yeah. put it in a bank account and lived off the interest, he, he would have made more money to, than, than all these uh, Trump ice, Trump pizza. Trump, Trump University. Uh, that was a big one. Was, oh, my God. <laughs> a, a horrible debacle. Uh, but Trump I feel bad ice, for the people that went Trump there. suits, Trump, Trump suits. Ties. Really? Yes. He had a, uh, yeah. Uh, he had, yeah. He had uh, some suits that you could get ties. There's the ice or uh, the, the water, the, the bottled water. Um, wow. I didn't know he so, made products like. Uh, oh, so I, more than I can remember. Um, and I'm sure he would say they were all a wild success. But what do you, you know, what do you make of that pizza? Uh, I think it was either Pizza Hut or Domino's. Yeah, the pizza commercial. Yeah, where he ate the pizza the wrong way. What do you think of that? He may have been thinking <laughs> he was eating it correctly. I don't know. Who, ever, who eats a pizza like that? Come on, no one eats a pizza like that. That's that's just he, shocking. He could he could uh, he could think it's correct? I don't know. I I, I don't put anything. In Everyone there. knows the 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 bread part is the worst part. That's just fact. <laughs> Maybe he wanted to get it over with. I don't know. But um, what was my point? I don't remember anymore. So we were sure. talking about the, the sorry, oh, the, the controversy. Down. But no, it's, it's my fault. I, I hijacked that. We were talking about the controversy. Controversy, controversy doesn't always come to your advantage. Do you know what I think um, it is, though? Like, um, sorry to cut in, but I do want to throw one thing out there. Stay away from it. No, no, no. I, th I think it's, I think it's just changed over time. Like, here's a really good example. In the UK, uh, years and years ago, um, we, we have a chocolate brand called uh, uh, Yorkie, right? So really hard yes, chocolate. I, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the tooth breaker. I remember that. And uh, yeah. we, we had um, an advertising campaign in the mid-2000s where it was like, Yorkie, it's not for girls. And it really went as far as to have, basically there was one advert where a girl walked in and she was dressed like a man. She had a mustache and everything. And this guy's asking her a ton of questions before he agrees to sell this Yorkie bar. And then in the end he finds her out and he's like, it's not for girls. And here's the thing, like a lot of people were offended by it, but like it did really 
good business for them. They made a lot of money from it. And they were even clever as to, because Yorkie is famously in a, a blue wrapper, uh, right? So they made- Yeah, I, I remember it. They made a female version uh, in pink and they made a lot of sales from that. Now, here's the thing. Back then, society was very different. So like a lot of women did not find, like, I'm sure plenty of women found it offensive, but a lot of women didn't care and found it funny. Like in the UK, we love to have a joke and we love to make fun of ourselves. And it's, it's, we consider it banter. But I think over the years, that's changed a lot. And like, for instance, that advert now, you could never do that. You, uh, you, you, you would, you'd be out of business the next day. So I think that society, my point is society standards have changed significantly. I, th I think more people are waking up in some ways. And you have to, as a, as a marketing professional, if you're going to work with accounts like that hmm. or tackle those types of subjects, you've got to be able to kind of listen to the the breathing of society and be able yep. to kind of read between the lines. I mean, on the one hand, you couldn't have today a show like uh, All in the Family or uh, The Jeffersons or Sanford and Son. Because uh, actually, if you were to watch any of those shows by today's standards, they would be considered wildly radical. What what do you sexism, think sexism racism what do you know? think about um because here's a here's a thing that's been happening a lot lately is that like you're right yeah obviously they they were a product of their time and and society was very different right but by today's standards like a lot of these shows are now being pulled from networks and people are so here's a good example. In the UK, we have um, a comedy duo of uh, Matt Lucas and David Walliams, and they did, they've done shows like uh, Little Britain. Oh, yeah, I've seen them. I've Come seen Fly them. With Me. Right. And I this love was, that show. It's great. Little Britain, yeah. Little in, Britain is, is, I wish they had more seasons. I in the late 2000s and, and the yeah. early 2010s, they did all these different shows. And Come Fly With oh, Me was the last one they did. But, I love uh, Matt Lucas, short little ball headed guy, right? Yeah, he's he's fantastic. Yeah, but I, um, I love that guy, and he's always hungry. I love him. <laughs> but the, the issue that they had was that um, they did a lot of like black facing, stereotyping, all of yeah. these things, and now people are saying that their stuff should not be shown at all. Like it should be banned from uh, you know places like Netflix and stuff. That you know if Netflix. Uh, lists that as a program you can watch then they should be boycotted like well, what do you think about that happening here's the thing as of march 2021 what's it 16th 2021 if i go and look and i have done this i did i actually did it years ago if you go back and you look at the old amos and andy tv shows or the old Charlie Chan movies or whatever it was. Try to watch them. Now, I don't know about anybody else. I can only speak for myself. But watching the old Amos and Andy TV shows, hearing them on the radio was brutal. Brutal. Um, you're watching that on TV or listening to that on the radio if you're an African-American person trying to build a life to you, it's like a kick. It's like a kick in your nether region. It mm. couldn't be, it couldn't be more offensive. It could be more degrading and insulting to be an intelligent adult and just see people who look like you, you know, as absolute 
absolute, you know, hydrocephalic morons, you know, completely desperate, completely dependent on the welfare of others. You know, there was one I remember listening to, you can come clean my porch for, for $2 or something. Oh, I sure will be there on time. Um, just horribly insulting. Everybody should listen to those or watch them to understand, you know, how any, why would anybody get upset over this? So, I mean, you know, I don't know how Matt Lucas and, and the other gentlemen, they feel about it, but I think you have to look at like, you know, could this hurt people who are struggling today in mm. 2021 and maybe 10 or 20 years ago, you didn't know about it. You know, you didn't, we didn't have that insight or we didn't care if we hurt someone. So I think you have to look at that and just say, look, if it's possible, you could really hurt someone who's just trying to live an honest life. Mm. You don't need to rub their noses in it. You know what I mean? If that's the case, then it's in poor taste. It's time to move on. If it's something that could somehow walk the tightrope in a very careful way, okay, be very careful. Make sure you test this out on some people who would experience that, you know, like the whole Burger King, uh, a woman's places in the kitchen. Well, if you're a woman who came from an abusive relationship and you yeah. were always kitchen slaving over the grill and not appreciated, you could look at that and go feel like, I really don't need this. Mm. I really don't need this. It's just, it's like rubbing it in my face or something. It's, it's interesting as well, because like, I remember a and time... now they have a reaction. That's the thing, Christian. Now they have a reaction and now they can be on social media and they can be vocal and they can have more followers and it can carry more weight. Whereas before you would hurt people and you would never know. Yeah. And with what we were talking about in regards to like how society changes, like I remember a time in the UK I think it was in the 2000s. I can't remember exactly, maybe the early 2010s, but there was a point where there was this joke about like, huh, you know, uh, go make me a sandwich, woman in the kitchen. There was just this joke, which I never really found that funny. I mean, it was, you know, it was what it was, but it was, it was just a joke, a passing thing. And then you move on. Right. Um, But I never looked at it at the time as being sexist. And maybe that's because I'm a man, you know, um, I think in more recent times with everything that's happened with like BLM, I start to look at things more um, from other people's perspectives now, or maybe it's just an adult thing, but like I, I do tend to focus on these things a lot more than I did when I was growing up as a teenager. Like I, I kind of just looked at my, my friends, you know, female friends I had or, or black friends for instance, and, and see if they were offended and they never seemed to care. Uh, but then again, I never asked them about it like properly right and they could have so, been so they could have been a nerd to it yeah it may be deep down they you did know. feel bad but they just sort you of you know it's it's like um when you had the recent piers morgan thing yeah. where he, he came to the defense of people jumping on megan markle and saying which i didn't see the 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 clip so i don't know what was said exactly you know, you know what it was very simple right he was challenged by another person on his show and the guy made fantastic arguments and made Piers Morgan look like a fool because Piers Morgan has harassed uh, Meghan Markle for years at this yeah. point. And yeah, the, one, the one time that someone calls out, calls out Piers Morgan and just says facts and just calls him out on it, he decides that he can't take it 
and decides to walk off and quits the show. And it's like, do you know what? Like that that sums him up as a person. I don't think, but like here in the UK, none of us like him. Uh, we we were over the moon when he went to the states for a while, and then you sent him back to us. So <laughs> thanks for that. He'll probably he'll probably bounce back and be a regular on Fox News or no something. No chance. No chance. I mean, I would controversially. In terms of ratings and controversy, he'll say things occasionally that, you know, will get people interested. But there's always a line with these things. It's like you said before, like, you know, controversy does create cash in certain instances. And a lot of the time, I mean, don't get me wrong, Piers Morgan, for the most part, just objectively, is a good host of a show. He can hold a debate and he'll often have a good conversation with people. But the problem is he does also attack people and is unfair a lot of the time with um and maybe he's just doing that because he knows it will get attention he knows you know it's worked many times over the years maybe it's because of his newspaper background you know he worked for many years for the news of the world and and uh, these other newspapers and you know that's what paparazzi does is harass people and, and write libel and all this stuff so. was news of the world actually a newspaper it was for a long time yeah and then they uh they went out of business and they became the mail on Sunday, I believe that was. Is that, is that considered a legitimate newspaper in the UK or is it considered like the National Enquirer? Uh, would you mean in terms of legitimate, like uh, something you should take seriously or just a joke? Yeah. Yeah. Is it something that you take seriously or do you look at it as like a celebrity gossip uh, tabloid well, rag he, he, type of thing you know you'd line your parrot cage with it or whatever see here's the thing in the uk it's interesting you ask that question because when you take the daily mail or the sun newspapers like this they are tabloids that's what they officially are but a lot of those newspapers contain political uh undertones or even political stories and yeah. pe people will listen to that or read it and take it as fact, which is first of all worrying. Uh, secondly, they'll base their their opinions on that, and they always print things that are you know liable, just not not factual. Like here's a really good example of something that the Daily Mail did years ago. It's about ten years ago. They printed a story on the front page where it said uh, eighty percent of school children are uh, from an Islamic background or are. Or Islamic or something, right? And because the Day Mail is very famous for, for being against immigration and stuff like that, like you know, it's xenophobia. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, not necessarily the other, not necessarily supporting that, but they they print stuff which gets people riled up. Let's put it that way. And um, okay, because of that, it incites a lot of. I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's the kind of the chicken and the egg thing. Do you blame the people that read it or do you blame the source? Like it's. You blame the source because they're doing something that they know is wrong. Um, yeah. I, a, I don't want to get you off off your topic, so I can write down my points. So I don't forget if you want. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's fine. Continue. Continue. Okay. Uh, uh, one of my first jobs out of college actually was uh, at a newspaper. I don't remember when when the hell it was, but some, at some point I worked for this particular newspaper, mm. and I'll never forget the managing editor. Uh, came up to me and I remember the managing editor saying uh, on the front page of every newspaper, it bleeds, it leads. And the person said, I want to see on every newspaper 
either a car that's plowed into a tree or somebody splattered all over the road or, 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 you know, some, some, you know, 90 year olds having their 90th birthday party or something, or I want to see a water skiing squirrel or some nonsense like that. Yeah. If it's like a local newspaper or something and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I remember just feeling like, "Mm, I don't really feel good about that as a bipedal with, you know, hopefully some kind of brains between my ears. And I actually remembered them sending me on one or two stories to go cover that I didn't feel comfortable with. I might've told you one. I remember going, it was like some couple that was having like their 105th birthday. Did I tell you that one? I don't think so. They were buck naked. <laughs> I kid you not. Oh, wow. How did, how did you uh, deal with they that answered, situation? They answered the door buck naked. I was supposed to go with, I, I went with a photographer. How old are you? How old am I now? How old were you? Pretty doggone young, because it was like one of my first jobs out of college. I don't remember exactly. Oh, out of college. Okay, so you were at least of age. It wasn't like... No, yeah. Yeah, I was in my 20s. I don't remember exactly the dates. Okay, okay. But uh, anyway, I went to the house um, with... uh, We didn't have GPS back then, I don't think. So I went to the house. Took me like an hour to get there. The photographer's following me all around because we're trying to figure out how the hell to get to this, this home. So I go there and I knock on the door. They're an older couple, obviously, having their 105th birthday. And I don't remember who came to the door first, but he was butt naked. I walk into the house. The other person is there. They're butt naked too. They're 105. So forget about any kind of, wow, this is, this is great. You know, <laughs> um, if anything, that would turn you off for like the next two to three weeks. Um and I just remember thinking, I went out to the photographer and I told the photographer what was happening. Yeah. And he said, oh yeah, we, we can't, we can't do that. He's like, we could shoot them and just do a head, you know, just headshots blowing out the candle, but it's not going to look right. They don't have their marbles. He's like, if anything, we need to call the department of health or something and tell them these people come to the door, butt naked. They don't know. They, could, they don't know. Did you not have the ability to like do blurred out I don't know, photos or something, or is this, is that not an option? Um, let's just say we didn't do the story. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, I was probably a good deal heavier back then and uh, probably a good deal less even keeled as I am now that I'm older, more mellow. So I was probably a little bit more short tempered back then and, and probably a good 40, 50 pounds heavier you know so i was probably just like i'm not ha- i'm not going to do this you know? I, no i don't think that's unreasonable i think most people <laughs> would probably be like do you know what this just ain't worth it you know what i mean you got to know your own barometer i think i told you there was one time i had uh, a digital marketing client call me up and he was a young hip cool guy he knew what digital marketing was. He knew all about SEO. He actually wanted to engage in text marketing, which blew my mind that he wanted, he knew what it was and wanted to do it. He wanted e-commerce, everything. He had a realistic budget. It was great. And I said, well, I got to know what it is that you do. And he 
was very honest. Well, I'm opening new offices in your city. So I want to have a very modern website. You, you look like a very serious minded professional. I really want to work with you. I like your credentials. That's great. What is what type of business? And he told me and my heart sank. What was the business? The escort agency. A new one. Is it is it illegal escorting in a state? And he had a professional. He had a professional photographer, so all the photo imagery would be very tasteful, very well lit, and everything. But is escort but, services legal in in US? I know prostitution isn't, but is escorting? I yeah, I don't know if it was at the time when I where I was okay. living, but I remember feeling uncertain about it because. Yeah. Of, and I remember I actually told him, um, I said, I, you know what? I've got so many calls today. I need you to, I need to call you back. Oh, I, I got, well, I did call him back because I've always believed in being very honest. Okay. And so I hung up the phone, got off the phone with him, I should say. And I went to talk to my wife and I said, honey, this guy's got a very good budget. It would take care of us for quite some time. Okay. And now, now we're not talking a one shot deal. He's going to need all kinds of ongoing maintenance. He's going to need, you know, he wants to engage in PPC, paid advertising and, you know, managing everything it would be very good. She goes, all right, what is it? Hit me. Cause I can tell Yeah. So an escort agency. And she just, she gave me this look with like one eyebrow just went up and I was just like, all right. <laughs> the money, the money. <laughs> I called him back and I just said, sir, I got to be honest with you. I'd love to work with you because you seem like a great guy, but see, see, I can't is, in good conscience do this. This is, this is why I like talking to you because you think the same way that I do. It's, it's split. The business side. Yeah. The business would side. You, would you have taken it? Wait, I'm getting to that. So here's the thing. <laughs> it's split because the business side of you yeah. is like, this is good money. This is good work. This, this would, would help things for a while. And then the other side that the conscience, the not just conscience, but also business too. Like you're thinking about reputation. If I'm associated with this, what does this do for my future business? What does this do for right. my brand? So on and so forth. You can't put it on a portfolio. Right. Really. It's going to drag you down. Mm -hmm. um, but you're talking about so much infrastructure that you would put into it. He was talking to me about putting his documentation and receipts to cloud storage. Oh, he, wow. wanted, he wanted to have a newsletter that would be automated. <laughs> he wanted to have, I'm not kidding. He, like I said, this guy was a great client. He wanted to have, you know, a weekly newsletter. He wanted to have text, uh, text advertising. You know, hey, Christian, guess who's in your town today? Wink, wink. You know, wait, wait, can to... you explain a little bit more about text advertising? Because I'm not really uh, familiar with this. Like, what, 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 yes, you are. What, no, I'm not. What, what medium are you talking about? Oh, come on. You have a phone. Oh, you mean text message? Oh, okay. Interesting. So, yeah, like, this what, is a savvy guy. So, personalized text messages, like, the savvy guy, Christian. Yeah. So, you would okay. get a personalized uh, text message, you know, letting you know who was in your town who could you know take care of you know the most important needs i guess but it's like, it's like an talking, older version of simping essentially <laughs> right so, but we're talking about text advertising mm -hmm. a, a newsletter coupon codes 
moving uh, bookkeeping to cloud storage, automating email responses. I mean, the guy was willing, he wanted to do everything except bid on government contracts, which obviously you're not going to be able to bid on government contracts for solicitation openly anyway. You do that in, you know, in some back room or something. See, I'm still uh, interested in it because escorting, as far as I'm aware, I'm I'm pretty sure it's legal in most places because it's, it's what, it's that step further. It's like, can you guarantee that it doesn't, is or is not connected to prostitution if it's just escort services that's legal in many places and it's yeah maybe it's not maybe it's frowned upon but as a business it's legitimate for the most part and you can you could probably list that and not have any issues i'm and that i'm pretty sure that's why there's a lot of websites that exist with no yeah i mean that that in of itself being able to have a publicly listed website and be able to do that and register because presumably he had to register his business like everyone else officially. So yeah, I mean, it's, you it's could more get around it. I mean, you could conceivably get around yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, at the time I couldn't in good conscience, take him on as a client. No, no, I understand. I, I think it depends on your circumstances. I mean, like I go, I'll give a similar example. It's not really the same, but like, I remember working for a company one time, major company. And, um, one of the very first things they asked me to do it was a it was a really small task but i was just a guy trying to kind of build my uh my experience and they were like hey we need you to do reputation management that's what they called it reputation mm-hmm. management and what they that, still do that yeah loads of companies do it. it's a very official thing but here's the thing what reputation management is is essentially uh <laughs> putting it nicely it's creating fake reviews they wanted me to create fake reviews that they would put on our website and other websites and that would either turn into testimonials or that Mm. would turn into reviews that they would put on websites about us or in uh forums whatever to make us look good essentially and make it look legit and i had to do this once a week every week i'd have to write like about 20 or 30 of them and it, it weighed on my conscience. Uh, it really did. Because I knew that there were going to be people, you know, going onto that website or that forum, seeing those comments and be like, oh, this must be legitimate and then going for it. Now, we weren't doing anything illegal, but in that part, we, 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 we're not being truthful. We were being dishonest. And I didn't like that. And I felt bad about that. And but here's the thing. And this is why I bring it up because I was not in a position that I could really turn it away. I just started this job. It wasn't, I wasn't personally responsible for it. It was the company who was, you know, taking it. So like they would get in trouble if they got found out, but I still well, felt bad because of my yeah. involvement in that. I didn't like it. And I kind of vowed from that moment onwards that if I was ever to be working for any kind of a company and there's something I disagree with, I'm just not going to do it. Right. You thought at the time that you, you had to do it. Precisely. Because I wasn't in a situation where I could turn it away. I couldn't leverage. It's not even like I could go somewhere else or or whatever. I was, I was, my hands, no, I was very much, my hands were tied. I was like, two three months into this job and it was like either that job would be unemployed in a country that would not give you any support like i was okay abroad. so sounds it was like, like the u.s okay yeah yeah i i was very much i just did it you know it didn't it didn't last long i think it was like two or three months of that and then eventually they just dropped it but like 
it made me think it may and it's not like the end of the world but it did really kind of make me think more about you know because now i'm in a position i can bargain you know and i can and to be fair if i was working for a company now i, w- I would refuse tasks if i disagreed with them morally i would say no i'm not doing that and if they said well we'll have to end the contract then i would end the contract and i wouldn't be afraid because i know i can find work elsewhere and i yeah. would be able to say well i left this job because they asked me to do this and i think i told you there was some I, did i tell you about the marketing agency <laughs> interview i went to where the initial person was like seven feet tall and would stand nose to nose with you. Did I tell you about that one? No, you told, you told me about one where there was a guy who had a bunch of uh, (laughs) female staff and it kind of seemed like he was not engaged in the interview at all and kept leaving and stuff. That was one. I should have gotten up and just walked out of that right then and there. But tell us that Um, one, that one you just mentioned. That sounds interesting. Yeah. That guy was like the undertaker. Um, (laughs) Cool. Very, very big guy. And um, at the, the time I was heavier. Okay. And I, and I had the long goatee and everything. I had to shave all this off with the uh, COVID and wearing all these masks and everything. But. Um, oh, so this is I, recent. I, I, this is very recent oh, then. No, this was actually quite some time ago. But I'm oh. saying I used to have the goatee all the time. It's just it's something oh. to hide behind. Sorry, it's something to hide behind. Yeah. But. Um, so anyway, I go to this interview and I was familiar with the agency. I knew where they were. They had a very um, good location. You know, it was very, it was reasonably close to home. Mm. It was at a very good location where you could take a bus or whatever if you needed to. Um, lots of, you know, little shops and everything and some good restaurants around. So it'd be a good place to work you know, and some decent parking and what have you. So anyway, I go to the interview um, at this marketing agency and the person who to uh, interview me is like seven feet tall. Now I'm like around six, one and a half. If I wear boots or something, I'm like six, two, six, three. So he's towering over me and he's literally standing chest to chest, nose to nose with me. And I'm thinking, does he find me attractive? Is he trying to intimidate me? Because I could, you know, I can still take care of things. You know, if he's going to try to get, you know, physical with me, I can find a way to equal the equation if I need to. Obviously, I don't want to. But, you know, you know I don't know what's going on. This is uncomfortable. Why is he doing this? It's very odd. But anyway, he, he took me in. And he's talking to me like this, nose to nose, for like 10 minutes. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not kidding. This is like 10, 15 minutes is going on. We're just talking to me about my business or my experience. Or did, did you bring your resume with you? And he's looking at it. We're standing. And he's looking at it. And he's like right up, you know, in, in my face. And so finally, we, we sat down. He, he walks me past um, there's a table that had about 10 young girls sitting around it. This is not an exaggeration in any way. There's about 10 young girls, looked like they were in their teens, but they were probably in their early 20s. Um, and they're all sitting around a table with phones. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're doing the smiling and dialing thing where they're all sitting around. They have a pitcher of water on the table and they're cold calling. They're all around this table, all young girls, no males. Okay? okay. So then I walk past that 
and I see a row of cubicles and the row of cubicles is all filled with young, young men who all look, you know, geeky, nerdy, you know, types of guys. And they're all working at computers. And I could tell what they were doing. I was looking and they were editing websites and creating websites very, very quickly, very quickly. So I walk past those two setups. Then I go into the room. The big seven foot tall guy sits next to me, of course. You know, he sits in a chair that's like two feet away from me, you know. And then this other guy comes into the room who's smaller than me. So he had to be like five, you know. This is like a comedy sketch at the moment. (laughs) This is really, it could have been. It could have been something out of like Little Britain. And then he comes in and he's like half my size. And he comes in and he's he says hi you know my name is so-and-so and he's the money guy he's basically the one in charge of this little agency he manages all the money accounts receivable accounts payable um, advertising campaign spends and everything he's the money guy obviously the bigger guy is the enforcer mm. that's his role so i'm sitting there of course the big guy doesn't give this guy a copy of my resume i have to Luckily, I've got like 10 copies because I knew how to drill. So I give the other guy another copy of my resume. They sit there talking about me as if I'm not there. And then he starts talking about me. He starts talking about me, or he starts talking to me rather about the role. So we talk about the role and what the pay was. The pay was so-so. It was like, mm, all right, it's, it's not terrible, but it's nothing that you would you know, get excited about. Okay, it's, you could live, it would be all right. The work looked like it could be enjoyable work. But then he goes into detail explaining to me how they worked at the marketing agency. He, and he said how we use one layout for all websites so that you, know, you can produce all the, all the websites very quickly. Ugh, all yeah. we do is we change out the text, we change out a handful of some of the images and we gotta get it done you know, within one to two hours so that we can produce, you know, at, at least, you know, eight to 10 websites per day. So there's none of this talking about SEO, none of this talk about writing blog posts or social media. They have to pay much more for that than they go to this other tier on and on. So he tells me all of that. I say, boy, that sounds fascinating. That's the deepest I've ever heard in my life. This is unbelievably fascinating. (laughs) And I just say, you know what? I've got to be honest with you. I've had a few cups of coffee. Could, do you mind if I could, you, could I use the restroom? Yeah. Uh, He said, yeah, but we don't have a restroom in our offices where we work uh, because we don't want people wasting time with this thing. So you're going to have, this is completely true. So he says, you have to go and use the restroom for the office next to us, which is in this middle hallway area. So I said, okay, that's fine. Tell me, how do I get there? So he said, well, you're going to have to go through this hallway and then make a left and then a right and then another left in this building. Jesus. And then you can go in there and use their restroom. So you know what I did? I went into their restroom. I washed my face. I found the nearest exit. I went out the back door. Yeah. And I went to go find my wife, who was at one of the cute little shops nearby. Yeah. So how'd it go? How'd it go, honey? 
I said, oh, well, it went just fine. Come on, let's go home. And would you like to stop somewhere for lunch? Yeah. Because <laughs> you, you just needed to go somewhere normal, <laughs> like with normal people and just, just now I will press. Yeah, this. I did have enough sense at the time to pick up as much swag on the way out. So this was quite some time ago. So I still have a, uh, two of their T-shirts. I still have their, their drinking water bottle that happened to be blue at the time. And it was a great water bottle. It's lasted me at least 10, 15 years. I've dropped it about 15 times, never breaks. Oh, I see that the company that, that you went to this interview with, you took their stuff, basically. Oh, I took as much swag as I could get because it's free, of course. They're offering it to whoever is there. So Fair I enough. took a, water, a drinking bottle. I took about 15 pens. I took a <laughs> couple of notepads, a couple of T-shirts. I do that. I, I do that. <laughs> you know, well, why should you? Yeah. <laughs> and I... Yeah, you could get some of the best swag by going to these word camps and and what we used to call them uh, farms. Mm. They call them farms. Um, but I just I just got in my car and left. And I figured while we were in this downtown area, let's find a cute little restaurant. And my wife knew that she would always get we'd always go out for lunch someplace nice and unique. Whenever Dave had an interview at the agency, whether I got a offer or I didn't get an offer, or I turned the offer down, we would always go out for lunch someplace really cool. So did this place like reach out to you and be like, hey, where did you go? What the hell? Anything like that? Well, I applied. I applied there. I applied. Yeah, I know, I know. But like after this interview, right? So you walked out, you're like, nah, screw this. Absolutely. Yeah, did they, you know, get in contact with you and be like, hey, where are you? I would have given the big guy a bird if he had followed me out. or they call it the Jersey salute. But did they I call you though or anything? No, no nothing. So just radio silence after that. It's just. No. And most agencies are like that. Actually, if you, if you were to do that, I would say most agencies you'll never hear from them again. Mm. Or if they, or if you don't have an offer, I've been yeah. to many, I, I had been, I should say, I had been to many agencies where you would interview and it would be like, you never existed. <laughs> so you don't take it personally you just go and apply for if you're someone who wants to work at these agencies and you're looking for work mm. then i would tell everybody apply for 30 positions a day and fill your calendar with them but what, what was what was because I, I gotta know like what was what was the, the business of this, of this company like what were they producing these websites for like they're a digital marketing agency specifically uh, targeting local small business owners and art galleries and so okay. on. Okay, so that that's, that explains course, why the websites could be pretty trash then, because like, they right the the business owners <clears throat> and the art galleries too in particular, they had no idea what SEO was. You couldn't begin to explain it to them. They had no interest, no comprehension level of it. So I had many experiences like that. Um, and they're fun to talk about because you pinpoint what doesn't work and mistakes that business owners make, I think, indirectly. Um, there was one woman, I'll, I'll stop with this story, but there was one, because um, I networked like a beast um, and taught boot camps and workshops like crazy back then. So there was a realtor who would be at every networking event that I went to, like, like a hovering specter, she would be there. Whatever networking event you went to, like a ghost or something, she was always there. Just remarkable. Um, 
And uh, so anyway, one day she approaches me and she said, you know, I've seen you at all these networking events and, and everything. And I looked at your website and you seem like somebody who actually cares about this stuff. And, you know, it's amazing. And she said, I've been, you know, working with my girlfriend, who's a commercial uh, realtor as well, and an amateur, you know, web developer, and you seem to know so much more and produce much higher quality work. So I'm thinking about maybe we could partner up somehow. And so we talked at this coffee shop for a few minutes and then and everything. And she told me, she said, well, okay, can I look at some work from your girlfriend? So I took out my tablet at the time and I look at it and all of her websites for clients looked the same. They were gray boxes filled with black text with no imagery at all. It was just a gray box with black text against a gray background. Now she sold these for at least 3,000 to 5,000 each. Who's buying that? Yeah. Now she would tell the, 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 the client that, you know, Hey, if you want to get to be number one in Google, we can take you there. Look at our incredible track record. We're all bogus, you know, made up people on and on and on. And then what she would do is after she would deliver it, I researched this on my own so I could find out before I got back to her girlfriend on whether or not we would partner up together. So I researched this. So she had a burner phone. So every time that she would do the website for the client, she would have a different phone number. If you called it, no one, it would just go do, 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 the number you're attempting to call, you know. So anyway, she had a good racket going on, three to five grand uh, for a website that would take her about 15 minutes to get up. And of course, the small business owner, they don't know what SEO is. They don't care you know, I just need a website. I just need one. You know, it's on my to-do list or whatever. So the woman focused on sales over everything else, whether it was true or not was irrelevant. So she would sell on the basis of, I can make you number one in Google. Your sales are going to skyrocket overnight. Here's all these testimonials from JT and, and Alaska. So it's just a scam and, then, scam. Right, of course. A PJ in Wisconsin, DJ in, in, in wherever, on and on and on. And But she would get these people because her girlfriend was a realtor and this woman was a commercial realtor. Mm. So hello, She's getting people opening offices and, and stores in big office buildings. Five grand for them is nothing. It's, it's nothing. Yeah, I get it. It's like, it's just nothing. So she would do it and then get, change your phone number very quickly. So the, the, the realtor wanted to work with me because I actually had a conscience and produced agency level work. Right. And um, so I told her I would be game for that. I would throw in with her if she would, you know, work with me. But it was with the understanding that I would only do real work for real people. I wouldn't cut corners. Um, so my work would take more than 15 minutes. It would actually take a few weeks to, to create that I would work hand in hand with the business owners and so on. Are you okay with that? And after that, I never saw her again. Since we're talking about scams, like what's your experience of scams? I know that's a pretty broad question, but you know, you, you've worked in business. So I've I'm... seen it all. I used to have curly hair, just like you, man. Well, your hair isn't curly, but I used to have hair. I mean, you know, I've seen it all, but I'll let, please continue with your question. I want you to get a little bit more in, in deep with it. 
Yeah, now I'm just interested to to know like what kind of scams you've come across, um, both both just in general and in business as well. Because obviously there's a lot yeah. of business scams out there. Big yeah, I, I've I've interviewed at marketing agencies who wanted me to write real books for them on spec, which means for free. Hey, what do you mean? For free? Yeah, I wanted to I wanted to let that sink in for a minute to get your reaction. Because I knew you were going to do that, but yeah, that's <laughs> I'm <very> so predictable. <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of larger agencies will do that when they farm out for talent. That's the term that they they call it. So remind me of the farm, and I'll tell you another story. But um, but anyway, um, I usually I actually got a lot of interviews by going to farms, and I would actually pick up freelance work going to farm. Events. What are these marketing farms exactly? That's what we always called them in marketing parlance back in the day, back when Caesar was in power. Mm. Uh, a farming event would be advertised on Eventbrite, Meetup, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever. Um, you'd see it advertised locally. It would be an open house event at a marketing agency. Mm. Come get your free pizza and free beer. Maybe they would show some pictures of some cool young people acting hip or whatever. So it's kind of just a networking um, event then essentially. Well, it might look like that, but if they had free pizza and free beer, it's a farm and it's a marketing agency. It would be a farming event. And what they're doing is they're saying, Hey, you're a cool young guy. You're going to want to meet cool young women. You're going to want some free pizza. You're going to want free beer. So what they would do is say, we want to uh, cast as broad a net as possible mm. at this marketing agency. Now, while you're there, you, if you're interested in the services that we provide and working with us, you're going to want to talk to a hiring manager who will be at the event of course, to talk about how brilliant and incredible this agency is and how they just happen to be hiring for all these different positions, knowing well, you got a couple of hundred young guys, odds are pretty strong that there's going to be, you know, some very interested applicants there. And so those are farming events. You could, you know, uh, by today's standards, you would go to Indeed or Craigslist to look up, you know, uh, agency open house or even Google it. Now, today you have COVID. I mean, half the population believes it's real. The other half doesn't. So I don't know. But um, I, I would be comfortable going to one right now in person myself, even if I were looking for that. Mm. But um, but anyway, my um, the realtor story aside, um, I would go to op these farming open houses all the time. And this is how you would pick up freelance work. Um, as far as the full-time paid positions, they were usually seasonal where they would rotate you out every, you know, at the end of every season so that they would never have to give you benefits. So they would know very, very um, methodically what they're doing. They're using you and, and kicking you to the curb before you can accrue any kind of, um, you know, sick leave or annual leave or anything like that. Kind of sounds like the- uh, That's a scam. Right. That's a scam to, to me. No, I, I get that. I get that. But it, it kind of sounds like the internship deal that a lot of companies are doing now where they'll give you an internship for three months. Uh, that will be free. You won't get paid for it. And then yep. they just at the end of that, they just rotate. They have no intention of giving you a job and they just go to the next person. 
Yeah. Yeah. I interned. Um, yeah, I interned at, at as many places as I could find when I was a college student. But even back then, I knew that, like, look, if you're not paying for my books or you're not giving me credit hours, and it better be at least three, or I'm not lifting a finger to help you. It's got to be at least credit, three credit hours, mm-hmm. or you're paying for these expensive books. Remember, college textbooks are always several hundred, you know, for per course. Um, so either college credit or college textbooks and or pay me. Mm. Otherwise I wouldn't even consider it. I would do the same thing. I would go in there and see what kind of swag they had, if any, you know, if there's any free food or whatever, and then look for the ba- the bathroom and go out the back door. Mm-hmm. Um, see, you, you've got to, you've got to have your head screwed on tight. Um, but yeah, internships are, if they're, if it's unpaid, yes, it's totally a scam. Um, and it's completely amoral. They should be ashamed of themselves, you know, and they know exactly what they're going to do. They're rotating you in and out before you can get 40 hours a week or accrue any kind of sick leave or annual leave. You're out the door if you can get it at all. I don't know if the law mandates that now um, in the U.S. or not or how that may have changed, you know, um, and, and I don't know how it is in the U.K., but yeah, the labor laws have a tendency to be very flexible, but I wouldn't recommend that at all. It's very difficult out there if you're a freelancer trying to earn a living. My, I have a, you know, a lot of uh, empathy for freelancers, and and I would love to train a freelancer like Rocky Balboa and just say, you know, we're going to turn you into a lean, mean freelancing machine. Here's what you're going to do. Here's what you won't do. I think if anything, this COVID era has brought out the worst in many companies because with my job hunting, I have seen some wild stuff. But here's just a few examples. Today, I saw a role, which I suppose it depends how you look at it. But on paper, I thought it was kind of whack. So it's basically uh, barista slash marketer. And I was like, how do these two things go together? And basically what they wanted was a person who is legit a barista, but also does all of the social media for the company, all of the marketing for the company, like everything. And I was like, this just isn't realistic. Like, well, of course it is. Um, They're just, but they, what's troubling is that they see the marketing hmm. as equal to serving a cup of coffee. As yeah, and labor. that's the thing. They'll pay you like the the, the minimum wage for that. Sure. So the minimum yeah. wage at 40 hours a week, but you'll not get paid, as you say, for, for those marketing. Higher level, higher training work right. that they see as on level of doing dishes. Right, yeah. And it's- Which it's, is insulting. It's insulting to anybody who takes the work seriously. And it's insulting to you as a, as a potential applicant. Did I ever send you my freelance uh, boot camp course? The No More Bad Clients mm-hmm. course I did? No, I don't believe so. We, we spoke about it on the podcast last time, but I don't think we- uh, I, don't I got it. I, you know, I'll send you the free version because you're a cool guy. We've talked- Oh, thank to, you. We've talked a couple of, I'll send it to you. But you have to tell me honestly, if you do it, you've got to tell me honestly, Dave, here's what I think. Okay. Which yeah, I sure. think, I think that's very fair. Yeah. That's so I'll set it up so I can send it to you because I really would like to hear your objective opinion on it. But it's the idea of if you're a freelancer, because this episode should have a theme to it. I should say, if you're a struggling freelancer, 
I mean, good God, spot the BS before you can smell it. And the other thing is you've got to have your head screwed on tight. You've got to have a game plan. It's like hunting a snipe in the forest. You got to know what it looks like before you go pursue it. And you got to have a, a, a plan. There's a lot of things I've learned. And this is the, the purpose of it. You know, know who's a red flag, who's not a red flag, have a strategy in place, you know? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things I've learned through it. Like, for instance, not, you know, underselling yourself is a big one. I think um, a lot of people will try to... Like I got something recent. I, re- I mentioned this, I think, in the last episode as well. So uh, sorry for repeating this, guys. No, um, no, not at all. No, I just said to my listeners who, who listen, they probably okay. get annoyed with me repeating things. But um, yeah, I, I received an offer from someone who had actually worked within a different company uh, on a freelance basis. And they wanted me to offer like a third less than what I would normally offer. So I quoted them. They were like, well, this is what we're willing to pay. And it was like a third less plus uh but the 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 draw if you like was that they were offering full-time work and i was like well it's just not worth it do you know what i mean and a lot of these jobs that i see that are listed these days like you know i'm unemployed and and i'm still looking at a lot of these roles like like i'm better off not going for it at this point and it, like for, for example i see a lot of jobs where it's like between 16 to eighteen thousand per annum right mm-hmm. they, they, it'll be like a Sometimes it will even be like a mid-level marketing role, which typically pays between twenty-three to twenty-five. So it's just it's just a, a pretty job. low. Yeah, that's well, still pretty. It, in the UK, in the UK, twenty-three to twenty-five for mid-level marketing exec is pretty fair. It depends how much they're asking you to do. You know what I mean? But like sixteen to eighteen, to put that into perspective, um, that's kind of what you'd expect to earn when you go into like an entry-level uh, office job. Like a, yeah. as in uh, admin, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Not for absolutely. a marketing role. So it's, 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 I look at it and I'm like, this is a joke. Especially when you look at all the different things. Like I think a lot of the time their, their HR just literally copies and pastes things from other websites. Because you have like all of they this do, stuff. Actually. Yeah, They do, I know they do. I can tell you they do. But I've it's not it. realistic. You can't, you can't list that in a, in, a, in a job that's offering two thirds less than you know, what the market average is or a third less than what the market average is, but then expect to have, I don't know, five years experience. Uh, you have to be proficient in Adobe Suite or whatever. It's like, come on. One of the biggest problems with applying for freelance or, or marketing work online with employers, mm-hmm. one of the biggest problems is that they'll have these um, these openings you know, that just like you said, have a big long list as long as my leg of what they want. And they're not only that, but they're, they prescribe what tools you have to use, how you have to use it, what type of work you're doing. So what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, what tools you're going to use. So it's like you could take a web developer, which is what I am. I do other things, but a web developer and say, well, you've got to use this layout or this theme. You've got to use only WordPress or whatever, you know, and on, on and on and on. It's like, look, I may have my own way of working that can accomplish your objectives and I can do a really great job for you, but you'll never know, right? It's like responding to RFPs. 
unless you can have an adult big boy big woman conversation with them you can never break through that bs smoke screen so what i always tell people is you know apply it's a numbers game it's strictly a numbers game they don't know you from a hole in the wall and they're not interested it's just pure numbers they collect hundreds of resumes every day and they're looking for a mirror match of what they think they should have so if i get an rfp request or something what i do is i say you know what I'm so honored and so flattered to talk to you. In fact, I'm so excited and so honored. I can barely get a pulse right now. It's just unbelievable. I don't say it, of course. I'm being facetious. But what yeah, I say no, is it's just the way you were saying that. It's it's like it's like earlier when you were telling that story about that job interview. Yeah. I just I just love yeah, like the, 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 this the sarcasm was brilliant. <laughs> I mean, in an RFP from a practical perspective is is like putting on an, uh, an iron boot and kicking someone right in the badoobies. For those who don't like, know, what is an RFP for those listening? Request for proposal. Nonprofit organizations and POs love RFPs because they think that's what they're supposed to do. What it really is in essence is a cattle call because it's basically like a little miniature report and they put it out and they say, this is what we want. This is how we want it done. This is how we want you to do the work, even though we're not experts in digital marketing, but we're going to tell you how to do it, what tools to use, by what deadline to do it, um, and how much it should cost. Because this is only what we're willing to pay for. It doesn't matter if if our budget's realistic or not. So responding to RFPs is usually a tremendous waste of time. In a lot of cases, they send them off so that legally, it gives the appearance of, well, we did interview other people. We couldn't find anyone who was a good fit for us. So we had no choice but to go with this company. And the other company just happens to be the owner's brother or whatever, you know. So they that happens in a lot of cases with agencies and nonprofits and government organizations and so on. It's very common in marketing. You see it all the time. Uh, the way you break through that or one way you can possibly break through it if they're receptive is to just send them back a very polite letter uh, that just says, you know, look, I'd love to work with you, but I need to know more about what you really want in terms of expectations and setting realistic priorities. This is a form that doesn't really tell me anything. Would you be receptive to jumping on a Zoom chat um, and just having a serious adult conversation about you know how my experience could really match with achieving your goals you know maybe i don't use the exact same tools that you think would be an appropriate fit but i could still do a great job for you and here's all these testimonials and so on if you're interested here's a link that you could schedule this with most of the time you'll never hear from them again because you don't fit into that very narrow cattle call that funnel you know, yeah. So I feel like a lot of companies, gotta, they are just looking for morons these days, which is really sucks. I mean, well, if you think about it, who's easier to control? I, I've been nearly scammed a few times. I'm not sure if I've actually spoken about this on the podcast, but uh, I, funnily enough, I had a job interview today, and I mentioned this story in passing because I, I always find it funny. So when did I did you fin- blow it off? Did I what? Sorry, did you blow it off? The job uh, interview. The interview. Did you blow it off? Oh no, I'm waiting to hear back from them. So we'll, we'll okay. see. We'll see what happens with that. But um, no, um, 
I told this story because I've always just found this fascinating. It, it's really funny. So when I finished my degree um, back in summer of 2017, I was looking for work and uh, I was working out of a, a hotel job. I was working like 60 hours a week, something crazy like that. So in the very small time that I did have, occasionally I was able to sort of take like the day off and uh, go to a job interview. But obviously it cost a lot of money to, to commute into London and you know, oh, yeah. I just didn't have a lot of money. I was, it was like, Oh, do you want to go to an interview or do you want to eat this week? It was, it was tough times. Um, but you know, I, I made a couple of exceptions cause I genuinely believe like, okay, this might be something. And, uh, both instances that I got offers for job interviews were both scams. Now here's the thing. They were actual jobs, but they were essentially uh, pyramid scheme style situations, right? Yeah, very, very common. There's a good documentary on Amazon Prime called The Slave Class. So basically, uh, I, I, I don't know if it really is the same in America, but in the UK, we've got a lot of positions. I've seen some of them here in, in Manchester, actually, uh, where they'll advertise for a marketing and sales role or maybe even just a marketing role. So it'd be like social media. Uh, marketing executive and you go and you show up and basically they just lay out a sales pitch to you for a sales mm -hmm. and it will be like oh we want you to uh, regularly go to networking events and talk to other like-minded professionals and sell our product or something some rubbish like that or door-to-door -door sales or something but this company they bring me up to london I have this intense interview with this guy who tears into me for like half an hour. And he, like, I remember at one point he said to me, do you read? It might've been the same guy. It might've been the same seven foot tall guy. No, it's a different guy. This, this, okay. guy, this guy was like self-assured. Like he, he just loved to terrorize people. And he was like, have you read any books? And I was like, yeah, I've read a few. And he's like, well, which ones have you read? And I was like, I don't know. And I listed a few and he was like, yeah, but have you read? <laughs> And this book, and this book, I've read thousands of books, blah, blah, blah. And it was just like the type of guy that's, it's like bully tactics, basically, is what mm -hmm. the guy was trying to do. And he was basically trying to like expose my weaknesses. So it's like, do you have any experience in the field? And I was like, well, no, but I have this degree. And I, yeah, I didn't have a lot of confidence back then in myself. You know, I, I'd only worked a little bit in business at this point. I'd, I'd had like an internship, but that was it. I had no experience. And this guy was just tearing in and exposing all of that. And it was a really unprofessional interview. And I just kind of left feeling a bit like deflated. And I was like, huh, okay. But that was not the end of the situation. That was just the interview. Now we go on to like, I don't even know what to call it. Like one of his colleagues came, this big burly guy, he's built like a rugby player. Ironically, they always have that. They always have the, the enforcer. Yeah. And he was, he was legit. Um, he was a sales guy, um, but he legit played rugby. And I noticed that he was, now look, I'm not trying to fat shame or something like that. But like when there's a guy who's, you know, trying to tell you that he his life is amazing and that you sh you know he's made a hundred thousand he's going to make a hundred thousand this year and he's like the top sales guy and his life is amazing and basically trying to say like hey you could be me but the guy's sweating profusely looks stressed the whole time is like like aggressive when you question him about things like very defensive mm -hmm. and bear in mind i'm just a guy there for an interview like, why are you getting defensive when I'm asking you questions? You know what I mean? But yeah. here's the thing. He takes me through London, takes me to the other side of London. Um, 
um we, we get like it was weird like occasionally we would just be like we didn't get transport like we got public transport there so we literally it was weird we followed him to the train station then we got the train with him and then like the interview is occurring like when we're on the train it was weird like i've never been in a situation like that before like it, yeah. and it, it would be intermittent so sometimes we would just be talking normally then sometimes it'd be silence and then sometimes he'd start asking like interview style questions and it was it was weird and people were looking at us like this is weird and then we finally get to this shopping center <laughs> and uh we meet like the other people who've you know been there for a while like trainees six months a year whatever right and they're basically brainwashed they they have clipboards they're basically doing like sales in in malls basically like you know trying to sell you crappy products or whatever mm-hmm. and, um, at first glance i'm paying attention to these people because they look happy they look you know, I was in my mid twenties then. They look like early to mid twenties. You know, so they don't look like idiots. They don't look like fools. They're well dressed. Like I was looking at it like that. Like, okay, maybe I should hear this out. But at the same time, I'm getting red flags. My, my, I'm starting to not panic, but I'm like, oh, this, this is there's something off about this. You know what I mean? And yeah. we sit down because I was with a girl as well who was uh, being interviewed as well. And um, he asks us to write like 30 reasons why we think we would be good for the job or something. And then he goes to talk to these people and I'm just sitting there looking at this piece of paper. I write like five things on it and then I just stop and I go, what am I doing? Like, honestly, what am I doing? And yeah, I start, that's, yeah. that's the thing. I start talking to that girl and I'm like, are you, are you, do you think this is weird? You know, like what, what what's your take? And she, she agreed with me completely. And uh, before just- I, I just go get something for lunch. Yeah, before I could finish the conversation with her, he comes over and he's like, how much have you guys written? And bear in mind, he's given us like five minutes. It's not enough time to write like 30 different intricate good points. But he, I think what happened was he didn't like the fact that I was not a yes man. He 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 didn't like the fact that I was uh inquisitive like that was a danger for this so he'd already written me off but here's the thing i was completely polite and professional the whole time so when he came over to me and i he said like uh you know where have you up to i was like well you know i haven't had much time to to finish it but look i've been doing some thinking and i'm feeling that you know maybe this opportunity is not for me you know but thank you for your time i appreciate and then he just bursts he just gets really angry at me starts shouting and is just like yeah oh you know my colleague interviewed you and he could tell that you know you're not right for this you know you've got no self-esteem and you're you know you're you're not the right fit you you would never be a successful salesman and i'm just bewildered i'm like okay and the other girl is still sitting there watching this and he's like and i don't want you to affect her decision and and to to turn your negativity is the way you put it onto her and i was like what asking questions is being negative so i just start laughing I'm like, yeah, to him it is. Yeah, so, now imagine imagine working in that oh. on a daily basis. It sounds to me like you walked into an MLM. Uh, I mean, basically, but there's a lot of them that seem to exist. Yeah. And like, I remember in, I interviewed for one here in Manchester. And I mean, like, here's a couple of things. Like I, I walked in there to, to have an interview with a particular guy and I get there and... I've been, first of all, it's like 10 minutes late. I'll be kept, right? Secondly, I go into this meeting room. Yeah, I don't do that anymore. Yeah, it's just it's just rude. But like, secondly, I get brought into this meeting room with a different guy who says, okay, this guy is not here or he's busy with someone else. 
which I was like, what? And then I have to basically sit with another guy who's being interviewed, questioned at the same time. So I was like, what? Like, what is this? I didn't agree to like uh, a group interview. I thought this was a one-on-one. So I'm already annoyed. Like I'm, I'm active. Like my body language shows that I'm annoyed. Like I'm not angry, but I'm kind of um, like, I'm just going to finish it and then walk out. I've already decided, but I'm going to like hear him out. Cause maybe he'll say something that will just change my whole complexion. I don't know. Like I'm pretty sure he's not going to, but I like to just give things the benefit of the doubt. Right. So he asks me a bunch of stu- stupid questions and I quickly realized this has nothing to do with marketing. You know, it's that networking thing I told you about before. It's just utter mm-hmm. nonsense. Uh, and then he asks the other guy. And yeah. And he asked the yeah, other guy the nice. same questions. And then he kind of, he said something which was interesting. He said in the middle of the interview, like, oh, you know, I can tell that this is, you know, you're not, you're not going to go for this. You're not the right fit or something. But he said that in the interview which I found pretty puzzling because it's a sort of situation where, you know, it's as much me trying to sell myself as it is them trying to sell themselves to me. I think a lot of companies forget that, particularly these self-assured companies that think they're the greatest and, you know, they can do no wrong and so on and so forth. Like they seem to think that like they're doing you a favor and it's like, well, no, all you've done is just confirm that I've wasted my time. <laughs> just, I, I just whooped out. Like, yeah, the they're, they're, they're very common. I mean, you got to have your head screwed on tight. I mean, as you know, you, you said, and you know, the, the stories I indicated, I mean, the deeper into the forest you go, the more nuts you find. And that's exactly what it is. It's, you know, there's a lot of MLMs that are posing as marketing agencies. Right um it's it's very common and if you're a freelancer looking for a way to earn a living you're going to encounter them you know they're they're like traps in the forest you got to know how to sidestep them yeah I, to- I totally agree with you um yeah I, I got one more sort of final question before we sort of wrap sure. things up for today so what do you think- i could talk to you all day long the only reason to tie it up is just to get something to eat and, and use the bathroom christian go right ahead listen I, I totally agree. Uh, I have not even asked you. Well, I've got loads of questions still for you. I've, I've not asked you pretty much anything here, <laughs> which makes me laugh. But that's great. We've had a fantastic chat. And yeah, today is basically today is basically a fun fun chat day, and you know, uh, just touching base with you basically. Yeah, you know, and I'm, it, I'm having... I find it interesting actually. A lot of the ground we've covered and it's still been business and marketing related the whole time, which I find fascinating. <laughs> like it's, uh, to be quite honest. I mean, it's a bulk of my life. Right. Yeah, no, of course. So I don't know if that's a good thing. It's probably actually quite sad, but it's the bulk of my life. Really. I don't, I don't think so. I, you know, you I know. think if you, if it's something that you enjoy that you're motivated by, I don't think anyone can tell you. The, there's some you know. there's some good things that came of it. I mean, I learned a lot from some places. There was a marketing agency that I worked for uh, where the director of marketing was actually extremely well qualified. Okay. Mm-hmm. Legendary experience, unbelievable experience. But he also had a filthy, filthy mouth uh, and uh, would also shout expletives. Yeah. Um, he would also say racist things on a regular basis. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? Now I, I, now I, did I learn a lot from working there? Yes, I did. Right. Um, did I make some good money working there? Yes, I did. But 
uh, throwing things at the wall, cursing people out, shouting expletives, um, saying demeaning little, you know, belittling racist comments and everything. I would have stayed longer, a lot longer actually, if that hadn't happened. Yeah, no, uh, dude, I'm, I'm to- sorry, dude, uh, David, I- I'm totally. I am a dude. No, I know, I know. I just it feels feels uh, not appropriate right now. But anyway, because um, I'm a senior. Yeah, I'm I think, a senior. No, I'm not even kid. that. I feel like when I'm talking like to people about business, I feel like when I use these like more familiar terms, it's like, what are you doing? It's just yeah. But anyway, um, I'm okay with it. Go right ahead. I've I've been there. I, I worked with a guy who. I mean, okay. It was an international office and English wasn't his first language, but he spoke English perfectly, you know, like what that wasn't the issue. Um, But I don't know if he was trying to impress me or or what the situation was, but he swore a lot, like every sentence he swore. And I felt uncomfortable. I mean, it's not like I don't drop the F-bomb once in a while. Of course I do. But I just felt like that's not something you should do in a business environment. Um, no, not in that environment. It's about yeah. professionalism. There's CEOs and I've worked in, like I said, the, that guy, he didn't talk that way around other CEOs and other executives who he would meet with. Oh, interesting. So he only did it around the staff then. That's interesting. Right. When they left, he would say, well, you know, those effing so-and-sos, they're all like that. And um, I remember one time he said something and he said, well, you know how those Jews are. And I said, no, tell me, because I really want to know, because my grandmother had the numbers on her arm. Tell me. What did he do? And I'm looking, he, he kind of mumbled something and left. That's it? He didn't I, apologize? Well, I'll go, I, I'll retort with a dude. Dude, I would have uh, responded at that time in my life. I mean, I, really, I probably shouldn't even have been at that job. I did learn a lot from it in hindsight, but no, it was no, wild, but I'm, I'm wildly stuck. inappropriate, wildly inappropriate. I was getting ready to, to punch his ticket. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I agree. Like, I, I'm surprised you kept your nerve in that. In that, I mean, because well, I, I, I was pretty close. I don't know what my hand was reaching for at the time. <laughs> but the fact that I he didn't that. apologize, though, that blows me, my mind even more. Like, you've just been exposed. <laughs> you've said something that. I mean, maybe yeah. he maybe he didn't even like think about that. Maybe he didn't put two and two together. I don't think realize... most people do. I don't. I don't think they do. There's no. Normally, when you call someone out on something, it's very rare that the person doesn't at least apologize, even if they do it in that like kind of half not serious kind of way. Like, oh yeah, sorry. Like they at least <sighs> say something. Like to just yeah. mumble something and walk out stuns me. Like he must legit just be a racist and not care, which is yeah, crazy. I, now. I don't remember exactly. I remember from time to time, he would like say, take the company credit card and go out for lunch and you could come back in three hours or whatever. He would do that from time to time. And he would say like, well, we're having a meeting in Miami or something. If you want to go, you can go and help with the setup and everything so you can learn. And that's all you that's all you have to do, you know, but we want you to be trained and, you know, and see how the business is operated. Um, but at that particular time, at that particular comment, it struck a nerve with me. And, um, 
him moving backward, going like blah, 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 mumbling something and kind of, you know, going back uh, into his office or whatever. Okay, was he, I'll leave was it he, at that. Was he afraid? Was he like shocked, startled? He should have been. No, but what was his demeanor? Was, I was... think, yeah, he seemed a little bit taken aback because my demeanor was always very quiet. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty introverted guy. I don't know how I come across to other people, but I'm, I think I'm a pretty introverted guy. I like to just do my work and what gets me excited is doing something creative mm-hmm. or legitimately, you know, being part of a business, turning things around and increasing profits, being creative, a good meal with my wife, being in nature. Those are the things that really uh, turn me on, as I say. So at that time, um, his, statement kind of got under my skin and I was usually a pretty quiet, subdued person. So if I'm saying, no, tell me, I want to know. I think that probably, I think he could tell, you know, he was either going to get a face of hot coffee or something pretty quickly. So I think he knew that something was going to happen. So he, he was, he was like, I need to get out of the office now before this guy kills me. <laughs> I, I think he knew. I think he knew. And the thing is, his office was in the office. So we worked about 10 feet away from him. He had an office. He'd go in there and slam the door and you'd hear him on the phone and everything like that. Did you you ever get an apology after that? Or uh, did he, did you? No. Nothing. So you just kind of moved on sort of thing. Right. I think he might, he might've like a couple of days later, he might've given me the company credit card and said, go take a three hour. as if that makes up for things like here right money please forget that i'm a massive race yeah yeah but i mean you know it's i forgot what the whole point was but it was a story to illustrate what you were asking me about but i'm having a senior moment but yeah i've been through the ringer with these agencies and that's why every once in a while when you can partner with a business who really wants to turn things around and they really need it Mm. and they get it they're willing to be a part of something bigger than themselves and you can really knock it out of the park for them. That's very gratifying. Yeah. I've not really had that. I've not really had that experience. If I'm honest, I've had it with my freelance clients, but with the companies I work for, there's just been way too much politics, too much kind of um, blockers in place that shouldn't be there. Um, like a lot of the time when I look at these things, like I remember so many teams I worked with where we would talk about the things that we should be doing or like, you know, the fact that we had budgets to do certain things, but we weren't doing them or like, you know, what other companies were doing that we should be doing. Like they, we, the conversation would always go back to that. And then uh, like, I remember other teams, you know, like maybe I'm on a, a marketing team and, and I'm talking to the SEO team and like the SEO team would be like, you know, you guys should be doing this. This is what we should be doing. And I was like, you don't need mm-hmm. to tell me. I know that. And it's not like I haven't suggested that. And I'm sure you have, but we're still doing this thing, which we know is, is not as effective. And it's like... Because, yeah, because that way of doing things makes them the bottom line or makes them the amount that they want. So there's no, they don't see the perceived value in making that transition where they're delivering higher value to the client. They're not but it, sold it's, it's on not it. just the value. And that's thing. one of the reasons it's why like, people don't work for them. It's not just a value thing though. It's like by a lot of the time, like in that instance, I, I gave as an example, uh, yeah. doing that particular thing would have meant that we made more money in the long run. 
Oh, yeah. But definite. And we would have saved money as well. Everything is done on the basis of short-term, just, you know, yeah. short-term gain, gain. That's yeah, the way most businesses, you know. You can't run yeah, your business Yeah, it is that most way. definitely. I understand, like, no. if you're, if you're, if you, if you're a, a startup business, you're trying to, you're trying to make something. I understand. But if you're a major company, you've already made it. Doing stuff like that is going to lose you money in the long term. And surely you want to continue. Well, it should. Yeah, you want to continue. And it, should, it should. I mean, that's the law of attrition. You know, the companies that can't adapt and change or deliver higher value in a certain way will go under. I think, I think, I don't remember the last time I looked at this about the exact specific number, but I think the average attrition rate or death rate, I should say, for the average agency is around five years. Wow. Most marketing and ad agencies are going to be gone in five years. I remember I actually had a local area marketing agency contact me a multi-million dollar agency contact me and i don't want to get into too much background because i obviously i don't want to say who it is i mean they're they're nice people but they contacted me the the owner contacted me mm -hmm. and said you know we're a marketing agency multi-million dollar agency blah 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 we need help getting behind this web thing mm -hmm. those were her words it's web thing and i said well what do you what are you talking about? And she said, well, clients want websites and they want to be number one in Google and everything. And we're still doing everything but that. And we just, you know, we really need help scaling our agency so we can deliver this. And I'm thinking, what are you like 30 years and, you know, trapped in time or something? So I said, well, here, here's my recommendations. Here my, you know, I listened and then I made some, <laughs> well, they, they, they had one, they had one, but they didn't know how to build them right. for other business owners. They outsourced everything to Fiverr or Craigslist what? or whatever. Yes. Yeah. And, and it was very economical for them. But yeah, but you, how, how can you, how can you trust like the basics of your business and your marketing to people on Fiverr? Have you seen some of the stuff that's on Fiverr? Oh, I've tried. I've tried to get a logo from Fiverr before oh. and I ended up doing it like three or four times. Because You'd be better off doing it in MS Paint <laughs> than yeah. paying someone on that's, Fiverr to do it for you. Yeah. No, I, well, that's one of the reasons why I do everything myself. Yeah. But, or most of it anyway. But yeah, it was just uh, another example of, you know, putting the cart before the horse. Their priorities just weren't in sync. They didn't adapt to change with the times. I don't know if they're still around, but they, they're not adapting. You know, if you put them in a more competitive market, they'd be long gone very quickly, actually. Yeah, you, you got to adapt or die in this market, especially now. I, if you're a company that's not, I, I would, do you know, I'd even argue right now, the new version of that, what you just laid out there would be, uh, you know, not, not having SEO, and content manage, um, manage content marketing as part of your strategy. Like if you don't have those two things, that's I mean, pretty much within reason. It depends on your industry. Like I know that it doesn't necessarily apply to B two B and B two C. And you know, if if your uh, company is mainly like a sales focused industry, and you get your sales from within the industry or whatever, then that's different. But if it's a 
content-based business of some description, you're delivering a, a service to the public or something like that. If you don't have SEO and content management in place, then like you're, I mean, you're just de- destined to fail or make losses. You're not going to get any traction. Right. But, yeah. um, but you know what? I would like to try to help with that freelancing issue. So, I mean, maybe I can send you my freelance course, you know, through email. And then what we could do is if you want, if you think there's enough substance to it, you let me know and we could maybe do um, a breakdown of it, or maybe we could talk about freelancing issues specifically when we, uh, if we were to talk um, again, like do part three, we could just talk about freelancing only. And rather than just, you know, letting our hair down and having fun, we could do that and really get down to medieval in it. What do you think of that? I think there's going to be more than, than, than just one more, to be honest, Ju- judging by the fact that I have all these questions to ask you right here and you've just laid out the potential of doing a freelance only episode that there's, I want to know, we, we I want can to know do, these questions, but I'm starving. We, we can do many more of these, not a problem at all. Um, yeah. Well, okay. Um, maybe I'll, I'll just give you the one last question then before we. Sure. We did a pretty good talk. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for agreeing to do this. Um, sure. so what, what would you say are the most kind of effective marketing tools in 2021? What, what do companies need right now more than anything else? You know the answer to that. You know what I'm going to say. I'm sure you do. I mean, a mobile responsive website that doesn't take you know, more than a split second to load. You want to have your local SEO ideally because most businesses, just like politics, grow locally. You want to, every website in the world should have e-commerce. I mean, whatever it is that you do, you you need money to pay bills. Mm-hmm. So even, you know, the Christian Reeve uh, website, if you don't have, you want to have e-commerce for whatever it is that you're providing, but even people may, might say, Christian, I, I love your podcast. I want to, you know, donate some money or what have you. You want to, you know what I mean? You every, every business, every website should have e-commerce. Yeah. I have downloads on my own website. I have payment plans. I have all kinds of mess like that. So you want to have content marketing as you alluded to earlier. That's that specifically speaks to the pain points of your ideal target audience. Mm-hmm. You want to automate the heck out of your email so you're not spending all your time responding to spam or, or for that matter, if someone asks you a question related to your business, you have a template that you can send them right away. You know, you want to have, um, you know, a, a branding that looks professional so you can apply that to your podcast and your, you know, your videos. You want to have some notion as to paid advertising if you're really ready to scale. You know, Absolutely. Because your PPC has to tie into your local SEO and your uh, content. If I do any kind of PPC, it's going to be based on my content. So those are just a few things to get started with. And they all come from having an organized deliberate plan because none of that will help you if you're just throwing tools at someone with no plan. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Um, well, once again, David, it's been an absolute pleasure. I want to say a massive thank you for, for agreeing to be on the show. Uh, we're definitely going to do many more of these. So for those who are interested in marketing and business, uh, expect to see more of these. And um, yeah, we'll definitely work out something 
in the very near future and we'll, we'll do a follow-up to this and pro- probably future parts as well, to be honest. If you hold me to it, if you hold me to it and, um, you know, hold me to whatever it is that you want to ask, don't let me digress. Uh, I, I can answer any question you come up with and I'm happy to, to help out. And I would definitely love to be able to help with freelancing, not just for you, but for anyone listening or watching. Oh my God, freelancing is something I know like the back of my hand. I've been through hell and back with it, as you would imagine. And so it's something, it's, it's also something I really do legitimately care about because I know a lot of people are struggling out there. So I did start working on a freelancer course, but um, okay, I, no. think it's, I, think, I think it's pretty good, but I don't think it's 100% perfect yet. So I'd love to get your feedback on it and discuss that topic in the future, you know. Yeah, um, I, I can see at least two episodes from this. I think one for the remainder of my questions and potentially any new ones that I think of during that time. And then I will do my research and we'll, we'll do a freelancing episode in the near future and we'll, we'll push that. And we'll also um, hopefully just answer a lot of questions that freelancers want to know and, and really kind of gain an insight into, into what you know and, and try and provide some value for our listeners. I think that's definitely uh, something we'll do in the near future. And I, I got to figure out how to get you on my new podcast too. Christian. Would love to. Would absolutely love to. I would grill you like, uh, <laughs> you know, interrogate you and bring it on. Uh, you know, like you're on Dr. Phil or something. I'm going to ask you all kinds of probing questions. Excellent. So. Okay. Well, like I said, massive thank you, David. And uh, for everyone for everyone listening, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Christian Reef Podcast. If you have, please make sure to like, share, and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Please make sure to give us a follow on uh, you know Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to the podcast. Give us a rating. Give us something. <laughs> and, and I uh, want to know. Yeah, I want to know. I want to know too. Did people like the episode? What did they think about what I said? Did they think I'm bonkers, or did they like some of my input? Um, if you have a question about digital marketing, just to interject, um, you can actually submit a voicemail question. Uh, go to dms.blue slash podcast guest, and there's a little button at the top there where you can click on it and leave me a voice message. If it's spam or you tell me to go take a running leap, I'm just going to delete it. So ask me a good probing digital marketing question, and I'll use it in my own podcast. Sorry to interject there, Christian. No, no worries. Um, yeah, like, like uh, I'll just add to that as well. If there's any particular guests or topics you want to see covered on the show in the future, please let me know. Please get in touch. My DMs are open. The Discord is available now. If you go to www.christianreeve.com slash links, or if you're on YouTube, you can just find uh, the link, permalink within the description to the Discord. It's open there. You can throw us different uh, suggestions that you have either for the podcast or just in general for myself. And uh, yeah, just let us know what you want to see from the podcast and let us know your thoughts on how it's going so far. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, peace out, one love. I'll see you in the next one.